Welcome to Shenanigans. Hey, hey, it's Aisha. Hey, it's Jenny. Yo, baby, what's up? It's Tyra. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shenanigans. Welcome. How are y'all? Welcome back. You know, Jennifer. Jennifer. I'm not going to say nothing. Jennifer, y'all be tripping. I sound exactly just like y'all, and y'all be like, Jennifer. <laughs> First of all, we can hear you. You can't hear you. Second of all, she was probably going to tell you, she was probably going to tell you your device because we keep hearing your device grow up. At least I am when you move. Jenny, the tone that you just came at us in, I need you to say, Welcome back, like that. Keep this, like, have some enthusiasm. Yeah, keep that same energy, okay? Now she's not talking. Yes, you mean. All right. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Be mad, me. <laughs> well, welcome back to, again, another episode of Shenanigans with your favorite host, the ladies of the strength of she. So I guess since Jenny ain't talking, am, we're just going to have to do that. I am talking. Welcome back, y'all. Ooh, welcome back. We might have some first-time listeners. You never know. And they heard your voice. And they like, who is Sleepy Jen over there? Sounding sleepy. Uh, Wake it up. Because all they hear is, welcome back. What up? Hey, y'all. You got just the operator voice, though. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. So happy you could join us again. First so of all, this is not how I sing you. So excited for our time together. Boom, we drive you crazy. <laughs> we drive Jenny nuts. And I think you should work for the Calm app. You have a good voice for that. We we, we could probably offer some paid meditations and use your voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that in our back pocket. I'll do that. I can actually yeah, you'll uh, whisper at that point, I guess. Like you normally do. Your normal voice. No, I am not like I normally do. Uh, that is not true. It's giving accurate. Y'all get on my nerves. Y'all are nuts. Okay, we are going to hop into the icebreaker. So we start every episode off with... Just a little icebreaker to let our listeners get to know us just a little bit more. I asked them some crazy-ass question. I don't know. Something I find on the internet. But this week's icebreaker question is, name a TV show that other people could get into or that was really popular, but you just couldn't get into it. Game of Thrones. I I, I have no interest in watching that. No Are y'all see- Never watched that in my life. Well, good. Um, that was the one I was gonna say. Yes. Yeah, it's no, it's a no from yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. It's giving too much. I don't know. People be posting like all the memes oh and the yeah. If you could do something, you might as well do a lot. It's a really good show, though. How far did y'all get into the show before I you have- canceled? 
you must have missed me say I have zero interest in watching that show. I've never watched you it. You have nothing at all. Never. So how do you know? Never. You like it if you never watched it. Um, probably the title. It's like Game of Thrones. It doesn't sound like something I'll watch. Then looking at the art on the covers of it, I was like, hmm, doesn't really spark my interest in this thing. How long this shit's been on? Absolutely not. If I don't hop on the wagon at the start for like some series and stuff, unless it's a movie, like, cause I am into The Hobbit. I'm into Harry Potter. If you're in, in if you're into those, you would be into Game of Thrones. Like I'm serious. People it's such a they told it me is. But me catching up on the Hobbit is in like Twilight. That's way faster than me watching 15 seasons and 35 episodes of Game of Thrones. I'm just not gonna do that. Wow. That's crazy. Hmm. Is that is that one for you too, Ty, or you got a different one? Nope. That was the one. Right. I can't. It's given Dungeons and Dragons. I just, yeah. I'm trying. No, it's giving medieval time. I love all of that. Oh, I'm not a fan. Oh my God. That's crazy. Especially if there aren't any monsters or something. And there might be. There are. There might be. Like, when I think of Twilight and Harry Potter and Hobbit, like, it's given different times, but it's also giving, oh, but we got, like, some weird shit going on. I like a little weird shit going on. It's getting boring. But that's how I feel like Game of Thrones is. It's like, it's not just, like, it's medieval, but it's also some weird, like, what? That happened, like, magical, in a way, kind of thing. Hmm. Can I say something? Yes. I've never seen Twilight. Oh, I thought you were about to say you've never seen Harry Potter. I was about to have a heart attack. You've never seen, have you seen Harry Potter? Oh, oh I've watched Slytherin. Have you ever well, seen Harry Potter? Twilight? Uh-uh. No, never. I'll, I'll sit and literally watch every Twilight movie available in one day and just be all of my feelings. I definitely want to no. watch, watch the Game of Thrones, and I probably will well, eventually. Rewatch, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Um, I'm trying to think of what was next one, Jenny. Let me see. Hmm. Let me think about it real quick because I feel like uh, Did I watched Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I seen Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Um, I it's a no for you. Well, I, I, it's, it's, I, I think it was a no for me before. I think I did end up watching it eventually. Breaking Bad was really good. That's hard. Like I know, I feel like there, I feel like there has been shows, but I'm trying to think. I know for sure there's a show Jamie hasn't seen. So oh, I know there is, and I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, okay, listen, one that I haven't seen or one that I just. Don't want to watch it all. Because there's shows that I haven't seen, but I would still try to watch it. Uh-huh. You ain't going to watch them, but go ahead. Here's the thing. Every time I speak my opinion, I always get the looks, the noises, but a show. And I know when I say this, I already know y'all don't come for me. But a show I have yet to still watch. It's really sure if I will. It's from scratch. 
I think the main reason why, honestly, is because when Netflix basically played the whole show in like the little like the, the trailer. Yeah, like I just feel like it ruined the whole thing for me. We talked about it's, it, baby. It's I mean, not the same. I know, but still, it's not something that it's not like, oh, okay, like I'm just, I don't know. I mean, and when I watched it, it seemed like it's a good, it seemed like it was a good show, but it wasn't just like something that had me like stuck or glued to the TV or wanting to watch more of it. I was like, okay, it's, it's cool. I felt like that when I first turned it on. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think what kept me watching it was my confusion of everyone sobbing online because they were ahead of me. And I was just like, what is y'all sobbing about? Because they're so in love. Yep. What's happening here? Um, and so that, by the time I get to that episode, those episodes, I was like, no, I gotta keep watching. The thing about me and shows, I feel like I'll watch a show that's like, 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 based on like a real, not I mean, not real life story, but could be like could possibly happen in real life. But I feel like I'm more intrigued with like shows like Game of Thrones and things like that. Like, I'll know for sure. Okay, once I start watching it, I'm glued to it. Did you watch the? Um, I know I'm not for whatever reason. I remember it right now uh, on Netflix, Shonda, kings and duchesses and. You know what I'm talking about? Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yes. Did you watch Bridgerton? I think. I I don't know if I made it through the entire season one, but yes, I did start watching it. I just don't think I like, because how many seasons are out? Like two or three? Two. Two. Okay. I hadn't watched the second season. It's good. I really like that show. That was a really good show. Another season is about to come out. That's why I asked you that. So if you're going to watch, watch it. But I don't know that you necessarily have to watch them all to enjoy them individually, just given that they're different people. It just more so gives you context of who people are. But I, I'm watch it. I mean, my boyfriend gone, but... Well, don't tell me about like being gone. I mean, he ain't big. He's just gone. I heard he was coming back. Why would I say where he go to? He just left. They just yeah. He wasn't the second season. They just he just left them out. They, they, they didn't, didn't tell him me until the season was dropping that he wasn't going to be on there. Okay. I do they to... reference? No, or they act as if he was never in the show. Like, do they reference him? They reference him, but he's not mm. there in the second season. Mm, okay. I have dreams about him, so. Um, hopefully he, he does come back. You know what? Uh, man, I'm sorry. I know this is the icebreaker. We're going to move on. But like, you know what other one I never had interest in watching? I know. What? Uh, Emily and Perry. You know what? I really liked it. I like I, Emily and Perry. Well, let's see. I, I love Emily and Perry. And I they may have fine. I've heard of that, but I never watched it. Like I never started. Fine. Fine. That's what made me think about it because I was like, I'd be having dreams about that man. I'd be having dreams about Alfie too. I need a little British. Oh, that accent. Oh, this is off topic, but whatever. Uh, on TikTok, you gotta find these black Scottish men. Oh my! Do I just look up Scottish men? Yes. Okay. Yay. 
Look up black Scottish men. You hear them talk to their ex. I don't think I'm looking this up. I got a lot of stuff I need to do tonight. And what? I was scrolling and I'm just looking on black Scottish men on TikTok. And I see my best friend Nene comment that said, Daddy? First of all, why did you show me this? The fact that Nene commented that was real on brand, but I just want y'all to look at this man. Okay, I, I just wanted you to hear them talk. I didn't want, Listen, I didn't need I just clicked on one so, so my algorithm could, could recommend more when I go back in the open that app, but hmm. I'm going to have to find the one. I'm going to find the one and send it to you because they mm. please send. Please send. We got to put that in the show notes. Black Scottish men on TikTok. Black Scottish men send us the TikTok to find <laughs> Well, I'm sure there are other shows that we didn't think about that we probably did not get into. So, you know, listeners, if there are TV shows that y'all didn't get into, send them to us. Let us know at shenanigans underscore pod on Instagram or Twitter. Y'all were real uh, good about commenting and being interactive with our last icebreaker. Now it's time for our hot topic. So we usually, you know, after the icebreaker get into some type of hot topic related to something that's going on in the world or what time of year it is um it's february so it's like history month the month of love all those great things so why not talk about black love today and in the spirit of tv shows you see i didn't even plan that that just kind of went together look at alignment look at that alignment we're going to talk about a few of our favorite uh, Black TV couples. So do y'all have any? Do y'all have any that, like, come to mind? I th- and this is real controversial. But unless... If you have not listened to Shenanigans before, then I'm sorry. First and foremost. <laughs> okay. Secondly, um, I'll just put a disclaimer on my separation of bill cosby and heatcliff and so i'm yeah i know that that is controversial and i get yes. i get everything that's happening in the world with with bill um but um i still ain't heatcliff still ain't heatcliff and i still love the cosby's so i yep. i definitely love heatcliff and um claire and- i did t- It was just so good to see a, like, successful Black couple. I don't want to see nobody struggling. One is a doctor. One is a lawyer. Like, yes. And all they damn kids. They had a lot of kids. And it just was, I I liked their dynamic and how they talked to each other. And I did. They were so cute. Yeah. They were just fun. And I, I, I think... Of course, remembering while I was younger, thinking, dang, why my parents don't do stuff like that? But then also thinking, man, I hope somebody, somebody's son is is goofy enough with me to do stuff like this. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I just always looked up to them. You have any, Jenny? The first thing that came to mind <laughs> was Martin and Gina. Um... But just because, I mean, I think that, I, well, I just like Martin as a character or whatever. But they just seem, like, I feel like when I think about being in my 30s, like, I think about, like, their type of relationship and, like, just 
being in love, but then also having friends and like, you know, just how funny they were together. Yeah, they were very cute. Martin was a little problematic sometimes, but I like that they were very goofy and funny because I look right. for that, you know, when I'm trying to date somebody. I need somebody that I can have fun with. Like, that is a mm-hmm. high top priority for me. So, yes, um, Martin and Gina are definitely a top, top favorite black couple. I don't know how she never broke character with him because he was so damn goofy like how did she not laugh right i'm she sure that they probably she did and i'm sure that they didn't put that in but like every episode i would have been hysterically laughing yeah like yeah. you were just ridiculous what about uh Dwayne and whitley You didn't really watch a different world. I did, I, but I was just so young. I feel like I remember. It's like I remember, but I don't remember. I watched it um, again since I've been like an adult. I think while I wanted them to be together because they seemed like it for each other, you know. It was it was the chase for me. Like they like the way I wasn't really feeling her like that. Or was wasn't really prioritizing her uh from a relationship standpoint. And I forgot all the nuances of the show. And I, I've seen so many social posts about this, but even him not realizing what he was losing or what he needed to do until she was at the altar with somebody else who was ready to give her the world. Uh, because that's how we go. So really, how- Dwayne was giving me F boy. Condor? I don't think he wrong. Did y'all watch the game? Yes. Oh, stressful. Yeah. I feel like like I watched them when they came out like a long, long time ago, and a lot of them I hadn't like revisited. So a lot of it is just kind of like a blur to me. So when it comes to the specifics, I can't really speak on them. Melanie and Darwin, like, they just was, they should have not been together. They shouldn't have lasted as long as they did. Very problematic. Yeah, I I know that they, like, revamped. That's, that's the issue with the game. They done revamped about 15 times, so I, I don't know at <laughs> what point where things happen. But him having that baby, that baby being born on, on Mel's wedding day, and he had to, he left her at the altar to go to the hospital to see Janae oh. and the baby. I know you fucking lad. That would have, that would have been it for me. Okay. Episode over. Series over. Like the series is over. What do you mean? We're done. I stand for that. The game is over. The game is done. Because. told me she was pregnant. I'm keeping it a bean. I'm not staying. Like. There would have been no show. No show. Yeah, there was a million red flags that they should have. Because he did that. He got her pregnant on a break. Something I can't remember. Like you said, the details. But I just remember it was a lot of problems. It was a lot of problems. My thing is, we on a break. You don't know if you're going to circle back. Do not. Not making me decisions you can't take back. You can't take that back. Yeah. Because then you, you, you can't take 
You cannot revisit me. Ain't no way. He revisited, put a ring on it, and left you at the altar? Hell no. It's it's too much. It's giving too much. It's giving stressed. It's giving excellent. (laughs) I was stressed. Yeah. Stress. Crying. Crying with her. Crying for her. Hell yeah, I'm a. Like, I feel like the game is on Netflix. Now I'm gonna go. Now I'm gonna go watch it because so, I want to see what happened. Girl, your blood gonna be high, high. <laughs> and they turn on that damn John Legend song every time I hear that damn song. All I think about is me <laughs> being left at the altar. Mm-hmm. Got me mad. Got me hot. That really yeah. raised my blood pressure. I was really upset. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, some some of our famous black couples on tv like one always great which is cool like which is which is fine because we need to see all sides but i'm gonna switch gears a little bit okay i'm gonna refresh your memory to the movie brown sugar mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. it has been a while since y'all have seen it yeah but how do y'all feel about like sydney and dre being friends forever Friends for a long time and finally like hooking up and being together after being with other people Remember, she was engaged to somebody else. He was he was married to somebody else. I don't mean to sound dumb, okay? And so I don't mean to sound dumb. I have seen brown sugar, but I'm picturing in my head. I, as y'all know, I've seen all these black movies in my adult life, so some stuff get fuzzy. So are the the same couple in brown sugar? The same couple in the best man? Yeah. Or am I tripping? They're the same. <laughs> They're the same. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I just thought about that and just, you know, it confused me. So I just wanted to make you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Brown Sugar and I just loved when they got a bit, like, finally, like, came to and, like, got together. Even though it was at the end of the movie, but I love that movie. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I really was not a fan of him being all up in her shit when she was engaged to Boris Kodo. Because for what? I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving Boris Kodo for Tay Dick. But you know, that's another story for another day. Tay Dick does it for you. Hey, yes, he does it for me. Boris doesn't. What? I mean, but you know what? I'm not shocked by that, Jimmy. Jimmy, you like chocolate. You like chocolate. I do. You know, I like a little cream. I'm not against chocolate. Let me be clear. I just usually like a little cream. But you like that chocolate, so I'm not I'm not shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it all. So, you know, man, I like it all. But anyway. Yeah, he, he also like uh, Dwayne Wayne. He was a little too late because he wasn't really checking for her for real, for real until he started getting with Boris. I can't remember his character name, but so I didn't like that. But other than that, I love that movie. Here's why I wanted to say I don't like this whole. I don't like this whole. Um, you I got it. You know I love you, but I'm gonna go pick somebody else, and I'm gonna go let you live your life, and then I'm gonna come back and wreck your life because I really loved you the whole time, and I want us to be together. Fuck you, fuck you. What yeah, yeah. that part? Because here's the thing: I'm glad that you mentioned that. It's like get it right the first time. Like why we gotta go through all of that? 
Just do it right the front. Yes. You use your words. If you feel some type of way, use your words. Just speak up. Say how you feel. Cause they know ain't no ain't no coming back. Yeah. That's a little much for me. I, I it might be like personally triggering, I'm sure. Um, but like, I don't know. I, it speaks to like the to almost like, well, why do I, like, I got to struggle first. Like, we got to have this, like, struggle in our, like, connection or relationship before you realize and before we realize that this is what we really should be doing. Like, why does it have to be like that? Why can't it just be simple from the beginning through communication? Mm -hmm. That's what, that's, I mean, I, so I agree with that part now as an adult, but, you know, <laughs> watching it as I was younger, I was like, ah, oh, there's so in love. But yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, I do agree. You ain't wrong. You are not wrong. Because I think that um, I think that while we all understand that love isn't perfect, love is going to have obstacles, it's going to be a journey, it's going to be twist and turn. I do think that there are some couples or there are some storylines that perpetuate love is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that, especially within Black relationships, we accept and we accept that as love and end up staying around in situations longer than we should because we are just like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be and it's all going to work out one day. And if, uh -huh. and if it's not hard and if I ain't got to fight for it in that kind of way, then maybe it's not meant to be. No, no. If you're two whole people coming together, it should be kind of seamless. <laughs> like, like you said, I mean, of course, there'll be things that you, you know, might have to address, but it shouldn't be. You shouldn't feel like you in a, like the struggle. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't feel that war. way. I'm at war to prove myself to you. I'm at war to get your attention and keep your attention. I'm at war to get you from somebody else. I'm at war to pull us together. Speak me we at war in too many other different ways as a community and count me out <laughs> well, i don't want to out the mud with nobody i ain't getting it out the mud with myself so i i don't want to i don't want us to stop glorifying that because it's mm -hmm. not because it shouldn't be like that it doesn't it, yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that even like ride or die you know you my ride i'm not I would like to ride and live, please. Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, you don't want causing my death. Because you was dragging me all up and down. All up and down to be with you. No. You got me stressed out, my blood pressure high. No. Nope. Another couple I didn't like was uh Monica and Quincy from Love and Basketball. I, I didn't I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. You in your feelings because your daddy cheating and acting a fool and now you want to take it out on me or whatever. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, oh, got it. We allow our personal trauma to inform how we treat other people. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if I did that with you, you would hate me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, show up for me in the same way that you would want me to be showing up for you. That whole shit he pulled with the homegirl going to the, at the park. 
the feelings I felt, I wanted to go through the TV. Like you had somebody coming up, you told her to go in there, oh, go in there, go here, go in there. I'll be in there for a minute. I'm following her real quick. And I'm your girlfriend. Get out of here. I can't play a game of basketball for your heart. Get me out of here. Get me out of here because I ain't even making the shot. Out of here. I ain't making no shot. That ain't going well, But I got to play for your heart? No. You don't even know how that. Even though I love Omar Epic, but you know. Quincy, you're not even all that. Like, and once yeah. again, you had all this dying love for me and desire for me, but you didn't cheat it on me. You didn't mm. play with me. You didn't want to mm. pose to somebody else. And here you are mm. about to get married, talking about playing, play, play you for your head out of here. The foolishness of it all. Like, it's crazy. I'm, look. I ain't doing it. It's giving love as a game. I mean, that's that's really what all of these love and basketball, brown sugar, uh, what's the other one? The game. It's giving love as a game, and we all just gotta play. And but there's no rules or different rules for everybody. I can't. No, get me off the game board. Get me off the leader. I'd rather just put me back in the box. Don't even take me out. Don't even take me out. Is there any other ones that y'all just loved? Like yeah. that, you, that we probably didn't think of. I loved uh, Sinclair and Overton. Loved they them. Were they were so cute. Oh, they were just so cute. They were so cute. Oh. They were like, they were like oh. the ultimate couple of everybody needs somebody and everybody got somebody because there's some people i'd be like now hell are they married <laughs> you find somebody that match they're like the ultimate i found my my piece my match they were cute they were very very cute they are probably one of my favorite um i want and i you well, Huh? I was gonna say I wouldn't count this couple as a favorite, but I did, and I didn't watch this show very um, religiously whatsoever. I don't even know. I don't know how it ended or nothing. But Jamie Foxx, if because one while they played games for what I remember, it was still it wasn't like they were together. It was like flirtations and it's like those that fun time of oh I got your interest you got mine but we're kind of doing this whole cat and mouse thing I think there's one that we're a long time but it just gave that like playfulness to that part of meeting somebody engaging with somebody um, so they came to mind for that for sure I loved them oh I think one of my favorites, this is not a 90s TV show. It's a little newer. I say a 2000 show or whatever, but I loved uh, Michael and Jay off of My Wife and Kid. They were so cute and fun. Mm-hmm. And they seemed like they like just got each other. Like They were fun. I have such weird opinions about that show. I'll say it. <laughs> I would watch this show. I would watch this show if I was bored. Like, and it was on. Like, it kept me engaged enough. But 
he too goofy for me. I think I like the show, but I think it was the son that I felt like was like not like goofy, but like like corny goofy. I like um what's that man's name? Damon. Yeah. 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 I did too. Yeah. And I loved this is um they're not like your typical like storyline. But I did love uh, Maxine and Kyle on The Living Single. I did love their cat and mouse well, yes. game. I, they they give me real, and it was spicy. If you ain't keeping me spicy with me, because I could be spicy with you, man. Good luck. <laughs> so, yeah, they were spicy. I like that. Yeah, cool. Well, this is fun. I'm sure we missed some. Jenny, did you have one? Damn. No, Sorry, yeah, I just said I need to be kept on my toes. That's what I said. Next part, yes. Keep it, keep it fun. Mm. Keep it fun. Um, yes, I. This was fun. Kind of going down memory lane just a little bit. I'm sure there was some pivotal ones that we may have missed. So just let us know in our comments about y'all's favorite um, black TV couples or black film couples you know if you have one let us know we're gonna hop right along and shimmy on down to our seg our segment we're gonna be well and be loved and be the best us that we can be the best you that you can be and we're gonna start off with our wellness segment and today we're gonna talk about overwhelmed freeze and task paralysis i saw a podcast talking about this so I thought this would be very interesting to tap in um so I wanted to know what do y'all do or what do you do when you are just you look at your task list and you either see one big thing on there or you see something that um you either see a lot of tasks or you just see one really big one that you don't want to do do you usually jump at it right away are you hesitant about it? What do you do? So my list, I feel like I normally have a lot of things on my list. So, I mean, and sometimes there may be like out of all the things, like one like daunting thing that I have to do. But most of the time, I feel like all the things are same level of like intensity, I guess, at how much it is or the serious seriousness of it. But what I normally do is like, well, I actually started doing this recently because I was getting overwhelmed with my list. So when I, if I'm looking at my list, I'm like, dang, I have all these things I need to do. How am I going to get all this stuff done? I just ask myself, how can I make this easy? And that's something that I've actually been applying to really everything, everything in my life recently. And it just really takes a, a load off of me because if I think to myself, how can I make this easy? Okay, I know I need to do X, Y, and Z. So let me just focus on those things and then I can put the rest off until tomorrow. Um, and so I just really do it that way. I mean, I ask myself, how can I make it easy? And then I just think about, okay, well, what's something that I need to absolutely do today that if tomorrow came, I need these things to be done? Um, so I kind of just prioritize it in that way. Like, okay, are these things like time sensitive? I'll start there. And if so, or if not, then I'll think about, okay, well, is it like, what, what's the easiest to do? And then I'll start there. 
good. Um, so overwhelm freeze or test paralysis, it's like the same thing. But basically, it is when you look at your to-do list and you see either one major thing on there or you see all the things on there. And instead of start tackling it right away, you're so overwhelmed that you just do nothing. Mm-hmm. So you just take a nap. You avoid it at all costs. It's kind of like when you're dealing with your uh, fight or flight response. And then there's like a freeze option. So you like just avoid it. So I'm going to tell you just a few ways, just three little quick ways on how to uh, try to combat that um, and to get it out your system. So the first way that you can um, overcome overwhelm freeze is to turn one of your giant tasks on your to-do list into smaller, separate, and specific tasks. Mm. Um, Break it down so that can help you avoid feeling like hesitant in doing it and usually if you pick something that you are confident that you're going to be successful at it will kind of motivate you to continue moving on with your things that you have to do so uh again break it down to smaller tasks make it specific so that you can't avoid it so make it like you know a time you know restraint on the task and um Cause you know, usually it's like the idea of the task that's holding you back. Just like going to the gym. It's the thought of getting in the car and trying to drive yourself to the gym. But once you do it or once you're in there and you get going, we're fine. So that's one of the ways that you can um, try to combat combat free. Another way is you can incentivize yourself. So you can start with your most enjoyable task on your to-do list. That may kind of help motivate you to continue tackling all the things that you need to tackle. You can, um, again, do the task on your list that you think is like most that you will be most successful at completing. Again, that will help build your confidence to continue your to do list. You can always, of course, reward yourself. So it's like when I complete this, I can do this. When I complete this, I can scroll social media for 10 minutes. When I complete this, I can watch TV. I can have a glass of wine, you know. Mm-hmm. and type of thing and then you can always pair an enjoyable task with an unenjoyable task mm-hmm. that may help you tackle it as well and then the last thing that could help you with uh overwhelm free is eliminate your distraction and i'm completely eliminate them put your phone away tell people you have to do this you cannot get back to them go to a place where you don't have like a tv or like even music sometimes can delay because you're you know you're into the song just singing whatever so eliminating your distractions can kind of help you stay focused on getting your to-do list done. And I figured this would be a good one because I know how all three of us are. Uh, people who are perfectionists are prone to this overwhelm free. And so I thought it would be some good tips, you know, when we're starting our year off right, getting into our resolutions, you know. Figured I'd help, help, help my girls out. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I feel like even though like I've been writing to-do lists for years, I feel like I still find new ways on how to listen. I still find new ways on how to make things more easier for me. Um, And so for a while, I've been using like my to-do list like in notes in my phone. But at the same time, I, I so I used to have like a paper planner. Um, and I still do appreciate a paper planner. Um, but I feel like right now I, I kind of use both, but I like when it comes to the actual to-do list, 
I'll have it in my um, note section just so I can, well, one, you know, we always have our phones on us. So I can always be able to just look at it and see, okay, like for example, if I'm out and I'm at the store and I'm like, okay, I can't remember what I needed to do when I get home. Let me look at, you know, my to-do list real quick and see what I need to prioritize with the time that I have left. So yeah, I really appreciated this um, information in your segment, Tyra, just because I feel like it's so important um, to get started on the right foot for the year um, and to really be intentional and mindful and not allow yourself to get overwhelmed with all the things that you need to do because that's how we don't accomplish our goals and you know in the year feeling like we haven't accomplished the things that we want to accomplish because we're overwhelmed thank you thanks for those tips Tyra. okay now we're gonna shimmy you on down to our beloved segment and Aisha's gonna give us some tips on something I don't know something about love I want something about love honey but for today, you know, there's definitely been, uh, as Tyra Shear, it is Black History Month, uh, was all, also the month of love. And so those two topics, very important. But uh, for my segment today, I wanted us to just not necessarily recap or revisit all the nuances uh, that are going on with us culturally right now and within like the racial climate of the U.S. I know that there's probably going to be even more developments before this episode comes out. But I know with um, with the Memphis incident with Tyree and just all the numerous other ones over the years, I think that um, something that has built up it's just this tension of care and love for our neighbor. And just under, and like literally going back to the basics that we were taught as kids before we quote unquote saw color, or understood color. I know Tristan doesn't see color or understand color right now. Um, and it's so interesting having those those types of conversations with him. But if you think about just all the different incidents that have been going on, are, are there any things or any ways that you could think that neighborly love could impact any of, not necessarily maybe the situations, but even just maybe how we move forward together after those situations happen um i feel like sometimes especially on social media people lose their humanity and so uh it feels like sometimes we have gotten far from grace and being gracious to each other um just on all aspects on all platforms i think people are just can be very quick to judge certain situations or certain things that people post and it's like that judgment really wouldn't be there if it wasn't like for social media um, so I think people just lose that when they're behind a computer or behind their phone especially if they're not having that human interaction with that person and uh, even still seeing negative comments about like what's going on in the world, I mean, people are gonna be people, but mm -hmm. and race is gonna be race. 
but um I think that's that can be part of it sometimes like just how we're quick to like cancel people or that type of thing I just think that we have lost our grace just a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you need anything from you? so I feel like when it comes to like different situations that we like the Memphis situation or just like the climate of like where we're at in the world period with people I feel like people just no longer have like the best interests of just like the the human like <laughs> you as a human mm-hmm. um and I think one thing that we forget is like regardless of what you look like your gender whatever we're we all have one thing in common is the fact that we're all people um and I feel like people kind of lose sight of that well they definitely do and just I don't know I just feel like people are just so like blind and just I don't know I just feel like they don't they just don't care it's kind of like well if you like if you're not in my circle then I'm not worrying about you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know versus like okay you know let's all come together and like let's all be supportive and let's all have everyone's best interests at heart Mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah I definitely think we have like this us versus them mentality even when thinking about race but like if we put that into consideration with the Tyree situation I think that that's the difference it's not us versus them in that and so I know we're going to be unpacking and trying to understand like what really took place here and and, you know just everything will continue to unfold in that situation but I think just having that in mind of Sometimes us versus them isn't always race. Us versus them is mentality. Us versus them mm-hmm. is action. Um, and if people don't have the same mentality or the same, um, they don't follow the same actions as you, you can quickly get into that us versus them. And so I just wanted us to maybe take a little time. And I have a few things, a few uh, points to share as far as, you know, how can we be better about loving our neighbors and just and just general brotherly love right now as, you know, we continue to have situations like this unfold as we continue to, you know, operate in a high tension racial and climate. Um, so, and this is really returning to the basics of number one, treat people how you want to be treated. There are so many situations that I think I even come across day to day where I find myself saying, I just wouldn't do that to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes it very hard for me to process and understand, but then also understanding that everyone doesn't think like that. And so just just applying that when you are interacting or communicating or doing something to someone, what I want this to be done, said, etc., to me. Um, and how would that make me feel? Uh, number two, see people. I think Jenny, uh, Jenny brought this up, but really truly seeing people for who they are, seeing them as a person, seeing them as a human. Um, but then also seeing them through the lens of people who love and care about them. So understanding that they are somebody's son, they're somebody's daughter, they're somebody's mom or dad. Anytime there's something in the news about you know, a black man in an unfortunate, unfortunate situation, I can't help but think about that was somebody's little boy. 
And and I'm sure I think like that, being a mom to a little boy, a little black boy, but I, I, I always think like, and I, that's why I love sometimes after situations like that, the families put those pictures out of them when they were kids and put those pictures out of them doing stuff that they love. So people can understand this person was not this situation. This person was this to me. And now this was taken. And so just understanding that we have to see people and see them as human as they are. Do something. Number three, um, you know, if you're saying something that's not right um, or you're seeing someone who is in need of help because they are in danger, you know, that might not always, it might not always be safe to intervene, but it can be safe to call somebody for help or to activate others, uh, or even just seeing people who might just be in need because they don't have the right support or the right needs or the right, you, you know, resources, being able to lend a hand um, as as you as you see fit. And then last but not least, understanding that sometimes love is sacrificial. And what I mean by that is sometimes it takes one person that is looked at as other to stand out or speak out um, or to do actions to help progress us forward. And it makes me think about Martin Luther King as cliche, not cliche as a black person, but but cliche as we talk about things like that. As I was explaining to Tristan because he was learning who MLK was a few weeks ago, um, he asked me, well, what happened to him? And I knew I couldn't lie but I knew I couldn't tell my four-year-old what really happened to him. And I had to give him this explanation of, you know, sometimes when you speak up about things that are right for the greater good of everybody else, some people may still see something wrong with that and may still have something against you. But I think as long as we keep having people that enter into our communities, whether they look like us or don't look like us, continue to lead in that same sacrificial lamb type of, um, role will continue to have progression. But I think as much as we start to hide behind screens, we hide behind comments, we hide behind that ain't my business. You know, we won't have we won't have that. So, um, just remembering love is sacrificial, and it can it can you know be acted on in all different levels and capacity. So, those are my tips for today. Just thinking about how we can be better neighbors and and better sisters and brothers of human race uh, to one another and, and just applying those. Thank you for that, Aisha. Um, just one note that I would like to mention to that. Uh, I think just hearing that and just, just knowing what, what's happening in the world is just sad because like when you think about people that like just turn their back to that and just like operate in this like silo of their life and it's like, well, it's like we all need each other. I mean, if you think about it, like you don't get anywhere in life without the help of someone. And so it was like, you know, you can't just turn your back when you see things or, you know, excuse me, when you see things or just doing the right thing. Um, People know what's right and people know what's not right. That's, you know, just the intuition that we have. But I just I just hate it when people just turn their back to things that is not right. Yeah, I completely agree. So hopefully, as we're thinking about being you and being the best you, we can also continue to think about how we can be better lovers in all different ways. So with that, we can shimmy on down to Jenny. 
uh, who's yeah. going to give us our BU segment for today. Yeah, so I want to talk about shadow work, which I know that we've more than likely at some point kind of sprinkled a little bit shadow work, a little bit inner child work and things like that throughout um, some of our um, previous episodes. Um, but I don't think that we really got into what shadow work is. Um, have, well, let me just add, have y'all ever heard about shadow work? Have you tried shadow work before? Yes and yeah. yes. Yes and yes. Okay. So for those who don't know what shadow work is, it's basically you um, working with your unconscious mind to uncover parts of yourself that you may have uh, repressed over the years um, or even hide from yourself. And so you can just think of like the like when it comes to like trauma, um, you know, you, you're thinking about the parts of who you are, your personality that you just subconsciously kind of consider like undesirable or things that you may not like for yourself. Um, and so when I think about trauma, I think about kind of shadow work being the outcome of, or your shadow, excuse me, kind of being the outcome of the trauma that you experience. Like you, you, like the outcome of your trauma, you basically create these things or you kind of become a person which you may or may not you know like but there's certain things that might be more triggering for you that you may not appreciate about yourself so much um so basically shadow work is addressing all of those things that you may hide or that you may repress because you don't you don't like those things about yourself and so just taking the time to explore some of those i don't want to call them dark sides but you know, you can consider them dark sides that you may not want, you know, everyone else or the world to kind of, kind of know. Um, so y'all said that y'all have and have done shadow work before. So, um, is there anything which you don't necessarily have to go all the way into detail, but when doing the shadow work before, is there things, um, or is there anything that you were kind of surprised to kind of figure out about yourself? Um, or maybe things that kind of came about that you didn't realize was even there. Yeah, I think I've to because to your point, I think the different therapists have different approaches. Whether it's talking to your inner child, whether it's um, uh, shadow work, and then there's one other title I'm thinking about. But anyway, I I think that. I've definitely had surprises or that's, I don't even want to call them surprises because once I learned them, they made so much sense, but just like unveiling of the different layers of myself. And I think it's made it so much easier for me to navigate different situations, to navigate different relationships, which is keeping continuing to learn. Cause it's not even like, Oh, I know that shadow, got it, check. You know, it's, it's really like, how are these different parts of you showing up in your present life that you think is in the past and tucked away and it's not? And so just being able to like clearly identify as I'm going through different situations or relationships, okay, who was showing up at that time? Was that me? Was that my higher self? Was it not? If it wasn't, like, why did that part of me show up? 
And um, something that me and my therapist work through is what does that part of you need? Because that part was showing up for a reason. So what were they trying to get from that situation? Um, and how can you help that part feel comfortable with the with your higher self or your present self mm-hmm. in charge navigating those relationships and situations? So I think that it's just made me extremely more self-aware and more intentional when communicating and interacting with people. So I did something very interesting that people probably don't even know this, but this could definitely help somebody. So I want to say maybe 2019, um, I went through this program that is like a 12 steps. It's kind of like AA, but it's for children of people who are a part of AA. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go through like the full 12 steps and I still have like the book and everything and it is extremely powerful. Like it definitely identified why I do some of the things that I do. It identified um, my responses to having abandonment issues that I have had being able to work through those. Um, so it was really, really helpful to identify some other ways and just unlock some trauma because what I do is um, I'm trying to get out of being so stoic about things and identifying that something that I went through is traumatic and it's okay to call it that mm-hmm. and it's okay to feel however way that I feel about it. Um, cause there is no prize in handling it well, whatever that looks like, you know, all it does is hurt you in the end. But my memory is so poor and I know that it's a trauma response. It is really terrible. Um, and so I just working through that and it helps unlock a lot of memories that I had just of life and why do the things that I do. So that was definitely what I consider shadow work that was really helpful to me yeah so i mean there's there's many ways that you can kind of go about doing shadow work so to aisha's point about when she had talked about therapists do things different ways um i just want to leave just leave you all with a few tips on how to get started and just some benefits from shadow work which i mean we all kind of just already mentioned some but there's a lot of them But one thing, um, one way to get started is to identify how you're going to do it. You know, if it's something that you're going to just have it with your with yourself in your journal, or are you going to seek out professional help and, you know, go through a therapist and start that journey? So identifying how you want to do it. And then even I mean, you can do both. um, But, you know, figuring out that up front is going to be helpful. Um, and then also figuring out, like, are you going to start by journaling? Is it going to be through meditating, thinking about like your actions and just identifying your emotions at that time, which I feel like for me, looking at my emotions and kind of asking myself, well, why do I feel like that? That has been very transformational for me um, because I do consider myself to be I have a lot of strong emotions and I, I feel like I can lead with those emotions and so just really being able to be more um conscious of why i'm responding or acting with that type of emotion 
But then also just having a conversation with yourself. If you want to write it down, you can, but just literally, you know, talking out things with yourself and asking yourself like, well, why do I do this? Or, you know, X, Y, Z, or whatever the case is. But just just having a conversation with yourself. Um, and then in addition to the benefits, it just allows you to heal from past trauma, as we mentioned, as well as just raising your confidence in yourself and how you show up in relationships, relationships, because you're not going to be showing up from um, a place of hurt and uncertainty about who you are. And then also just it just changes your patterns and how you um, how you respond and react to things. Um, so I just want to leave you all with just like a few like journal prompts that you can get started with or so just a few questions. Um, so one question would be, how do you believe you see? How do you believe people see you? And how would you describe you to someone else? So I'll just leave you with those two. Oh, those are actually really good, though. Those are good. And some people don't know where to with journaling yeah and i think too um i'll just say just as someone who's done like different layers like jenny said there's a lot of different approaches to that work and some can be deep and so as you are looking up or researching, like what are all the different types of shadow work and different practices, just know, be able to quickly, I, you know, or not quickly, but just be able to identify what's something that you feel safe doing alone and something that you're not. But especially if you are a person who deals with uh, depression or um, or intrusive thoughts or, or et cetera, like, if there are certain aspects of shadow work or tapping into certain past traumas or tapping into different parts of yourself that do not feel like you can tackle that alone, definitely seek a therapist to do that with you just in a safe environment. Um, so I did just, just want to throw that disclaimer on there. Thank you for that, Aisha. Um, that's really important to know because there may be things that come up and it's going to be heavy or it could be heavy and things that you didn't necessarily expect to come about. So thank you for um, bringing it to everybody's attention. Um, so the Sheepspiration that I'm going to leave you all with today, which I feel like it ba we basically touched on this earlier in our conversation, but um, stop being vague about what it is that you want. You deserve a love that does not require suffering first. Let's normalize someone loving you right the first time. I mean, I mean, yes, yes. let that be the standard. Period. That's it. I don't let them say. That's it. I mean, I mean, did he just wrap that yeah. up? Well, what a jam-packed episode. My child is in the background telling me to wrap it up. So if you're here, you know, don't mind. We're, we're, we're all, we're working moms over here. Um, what a great episode. We talked about a lot of things. TV shows that we don't get into. Black TV show couples. We talked about overwhelmed, free, brotherly love, and shadow work. You can catch us the other Thursday you get a full episode a month and you get a little mini episode a month 
But we are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast Edit. Um, please make sure that you go to our pages. Let us know what you thought about the episode at shenanigan underscore pod on Instagram or Twitter. And make sure you visit our website. It is really nice at thestrengthofshe.com. Okay? Go to it. You can listen to our episodes there and find, you know, a little bit more uh, information and more things about the street. More yeah. things about the strength of she. Zaya is saying, be quiet. <laughs> and with that said, we will see y'all next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>